Somebody got some on your heart, some unique duke, my Lord, this morning. All hearts free. All right, take your Bibles, book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 15. While you're turning, let me say this, uh, several weeks ago now we started mentioning it, and uh, we've got our list together, those in the, that we know of uh, that uh, as individuals in the church that are lost. And uh, it's amazing to me. I told somebody this morning, I've never, uh, I've seen, I've been in several services, seen several people get saved. Uh, but I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen as many hands go up uh, in one service as I did on Friday. And uh, while that is heartbreaking, it's also exciting to me. I'm glad that the Lord's moving and the Lord's working and uh, seeds are being sold and sinners are coming to the place they realize they're a sinner. And uh, you can live whatever you want to, but I, I told Brother Anthony about a list. Met him talking, and I said, I believe the Lord's starting to honor the effort uh, that we put in. So uh, I'm excited about that. Logan got saved. What's amazing to me, uh, I had several people. Jessica come out uh, Friday night. She said, you know, when you asked us about that list, she said, I almost put his name down. She said, I don't know why I didn't. She said, I just, I just didn't do it. Uh, but I'm glad the Lord knows who's lost, even if they ain't on the list. Amen. Won't you? And uh, I'm thankful for what he's done. With that being said, if you don't have the list, there's several copies still back there. You get you one, and uh, we'll, I'll get with you in the coming days. I want to get through Bible school, and then we'd be busy. Uh, but here in the coming days, we'll get together and start praying together. Uh, but you go ahead and be praying over that list at home and get you a burden. And I'm proud of you. Uh, I'll tell you this quickly. I am proud of you. I sit here today. And uh, I can see how God's already putting a burden in our hearts as, as a church, as a, as a local assembly uh, concerning the lost. And that God always honors that. And you see God's people get a burden for those that are lost. Uh, things are always about to pick up. So I, I want you to get that list, and uh, we'll give you some information about that in the days to come. All right? If all hearts are free, 1 Samuel chapter 15, look with me in verse number 13. When you find your places, stand with me if you can and able in honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter number 15 and verse number 13. 
the Bible says, And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Notice verse 14, that'll be our text. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Let's read it one more time together. Verse 14. Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Lord, help me this morning just for a little while. I'm going to preach on this thought. What meaneth the bleeding of the sheep? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I sure love you. Lord, I thank you for what we felt already, Lord, for what you've done this week. But, Father, this is another time and another service. Lord, I realize that I have no preaching me. Lord, I pray this morning just for a little while. Would you clothe me in the cloak of my calling? Lord, I pray give me unction, give me utterance. Lord, which only comes from you. Lord, I pray meet every need. Uh, Lord, I realize no doubt there's many broken hearts, many burdens represented. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd have you with them when each and every one. Lord, if they be one here tonight, this morning, lost and done without you, would you convict their heart and save them for it's everlasting too late. Lord, if they be one that, uh, Lord's walking a far distance away. Lord, uh, that's holding rebellion and iniquity in their heart. Lord, I pray that. Lord, would you draw them up close to you once again with the day uh, be the day that they repent and draw out of you. Uh, and Lord, you said if we'd drawn out of you, you'd drawn out of us. And Lord, I pray that'd be exactly what you've done in our hearts today. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you for we ask it all in Jesus' wonderful name. Uh, and for his sake, amen and amen. You be seated. Uh, and thank you for standing this morning. Now, the Bible said, verse 14, And Samuel said, uh, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, uh, and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Now, you said, Preacher, that don't make much sense to me. You bear with me. Uh, I, I just want to preach a little while on the bleeding of the sheep. And I, I've got about seven things I'd love to tell you. Now, I, I, I'll say like Brother, Brother Stiltner does, uh, I know that's not three, but it's not ten, and it could have been twelve. Isn't that right? Uh, so if you'll just bear with me, I'll go real, real fast. Uh, I'll preach real fast. You listen real fast. We'll go eat real fast. Uh, but I'm interested. I just could not get off my heart this week. Uh, this one little phrase. Uh, what meaneth then the bleeding uh, of the sheep? Now, uh, we got to back up a little bit in our text to find out exactly where we are at. Let's see a few things. Now, uh, we've already been introduced to two characters. The Bible said, verse 13, that uh, Samuel came to Saul. Now, uh, we realize this morning Samuel's the prophet. Samuel is the uh, man of God in this day. And uh, Saul is at this point the king uh, uh, over all of Israel. And uh, you'll remember last week for Father's Day, we looked at another uh, uh, king and prophet, uh, how that David had sinned with Bathsheba, God, the Bible said, uh, uh, sent Nathan to David, uh, and he told him the story about the rich man, the poor man, uh, and then when David said that the man that done this thing should be killed, uh, and had to restore it fourfold, uh, uh, you remember that Nathan stuck his finger in David's face, uh, and said, Thou art the man. Uh, and last week we looked at David's sin and David's iniquity, uh, 
and God's response through the man of God. But here in our text this morning, we find Saul. And guess what? Saul's committed a sin as well. Saul's got iniquity. Saul's got rebellion in his heart. And once again, God has sent the man of God to deal with sin. But as we go through this text, we'll see several differences between Saul and David. Now, let me just stop and say this by way of introduction. We're getting the message. I sure am glad for some times in my life that God had a man that'd stick his finger in my face and say, Thou art the man, aren't you? I mean, just plain speech that God sent. As several of you mamas and daddies texted me this week and said you'd enjoyed the vacation Bible school and the teenagers had heard some things they need to hear. And I'll be honest with you, they wasn't much beating around the bush this week. Uh, if you wasn't up here, then you you, you just, I must have time to tell you everything is said. Uh, uh, but Leona, they just took a word of God and told them uh, uh, what they needed to hear. Uh, I'm thankful, sir, for some men of God. Uh, uh, that just say, thou art the man, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm also thankful for some men of God in my life. Uh, uh, they'd say what meaneth in the bleeding of the sheep. Uh, and we'll get there in a minute and you'll see what I mean. What's what the Bible said? Look with me in verse number 1 of chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse number 1. I notice with me the directive. Now, things, this, is what, this is the precursor to this statement that Samuel has made to Saul. The Bible says in verse 1, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Now, Saul's come, Samuel's come to Saul, and he said, Saul, you know that God sent me one day to anoint you a, a king over Israel. He said, because of that, because of what God has done in your life, you are to hearken to what I'm getting ready to tell you that God said. Now, look with me in verse 2. Watch what the Lord had instructed Saul to do. That's several great things here in our text. The Bible said, thus saith the Lord holds I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. Hey, laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Uh, here's what the Lord said. He told Saul, he said, I have anointed you king over Israel. And then he made a statement that interests me. He said, I remember uh, what Amalek did to Israel. Uh, and here's what he said, Kirk. He said, when we come, when I brought him up out of Egypt, uh, how the Amalekites laid wait upon the children of Israel. Uh, and they laid weights, they attacked, they ambushed them, if you would. And the Lord said, I remember what they did. Aren't you glad that God keeps a record of the good and the bad? You said, preacher, somebody hurt me. Somebody did me wrong. Well, friend, I'll be honest with you, the Lord has a record. And he does remember. The Bible said be not deceived, God is not mocked. Uh, whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Uh, no wonder the Bible said, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Uh, and while it may not have happened when Israel thought it would, but there come a day uh, that the Lord came to Saul and said, I do remember what Amalek did. Uh, 
In fact, we'll find out, John, that the Lord remembered more than Saul did. How the Lord remembered more than the children of Israel. And he said, I remember what Amalek did when he laid wait and ambushed the children of Israel when I brought them out of Egypt. And in verse 3, he gives Saul some directives. He gives him some direction. He said, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have. And spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Here's what the Lord said. He said, I've known you king over Israel. I've got a purpose. I've got a plan. And he said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I remember what Amalek did. I want you to get the armies of Israel together. And time has come. Judgment time's come. Go and smite Amalek. And when you do, I want you to utterly destroy them and spare them not. God said, it's not time to show mercy. It's not time to show favor. You go and utterly destroy. In fact, watch what your Bible said in verse 3. God told him to destroy man, woman, boy, girl, infant, livestock. He said, you destroy everything they've got. There's times that the Lord said, go and destroy it and take of the spoil of the enemy. But this wasn't that time, Michelle. He said, I remember what Amalek did. I remember the atrocities that they committed. And he said, I want you to destroy everything. Don't leave one man standing. Don't take any sheep. Don't take any hogs. Don't take anything. I want you to utterly destroy them. I want you to wipe them off of the face of the earth. But when you get done, it ought to be like they don't even exist. And they never have. That was the directive and the instruction that God gave to Saul. Now you say, preacher, what's that have to do with us? Well, I'll be honest with you. Do you realize, I, I told the teenagers this week, uh, during one of the services, I said to them, if you're not careful, you get to thinking that all the Christian life is is a rule, is a, is a rule book uh, uh, of the do's and do nots of Christianity. I said, but it's so much more than that uh, to live for and serve the Lord. But listen to me, we do have a book of directives this morning. Yeah. We do have a, a book of precepts and principles and uh, practices that God has given us uh, of how we are to live our life. And that's exactly what he came and told Saul. Saul wasn't interested in Amalek, but the Lord said, I remember Amalek. I remember what Amalek did. And it's time that judgment be paid. And he said, go and don't take of the spoils, don't take of the sheep, don't take of the ox, don't take of the camels, don't take of the ass. Wipe them out. Kill every man, every woman, every child. I want them wiped off. I want them completely and utterly destroyed. And that was the commandment of the Lord. Now, while we realize, I want to make it clear, while we realize that we cannot rightly divide the word of truth and say that God seeks us to utterly destroy our enemies, that's not what I'm trying to say. But we do have you know, precepts and commands of God that God expects us to follow and complete uh, in entirety. Let's get quiet. I don't know why it's getting quiet. He does expect them to be followed and completed uh, in entirety. It's bogging down right there. I don't know why. God help me, but it's a bogging down right there. When he said, study show thyself for the work of God, needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, that wasn't a suggestion, that was a command. When he said, forsake not to assemble yourselves together, as the manner of some is, that wasn't a suggestion, that was a command. When he said, be your witnesses of the whole of the world, that was a command. Amen, friend, that's right. 
That's right, friend. Uh, I've had people say, well, preacher, I'm just bashful and backward. And well, join the club. It wasn't a suggestion. Uh, it was a command. Isn't that right? When he said to pray without ceasing, that wasn't a suggestion. Uh, that wasn't a good idea. That was a command, uh, a directive from God. Uh, and God expects it to be completed uh, in its entirety. Isn't that right? That's right. It's always through the directive. But then I want you to know the decision. Watch what the Bible said in verse 7. The Bible said, As Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah unto thou comest to Shur that is over against Egypt. Brother, he's done exactly what he's supposed to do. In fact, you read, it's like time I don't read it all. But the Bible said in verse 4, Saul gathered all the people together. He got everything ready. He made his plan. And he went and laid wait outside the city of the Amalekites, ready to do exactly what the Lord told him to do. But in verse 7, the Bible says that he smote the Amalekites from, from Havilah till that comes to sure. I mean, he's smiting them. He's doing exactly what the Lord said. What's verse 8? And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites. What's that next word? Alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. What's verse 9? But Saul and the people spared Agag. And the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good. And watch this next phrase. Would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, that they destroyed utterly. So we see the directive. The Lord told them, I remember what, what Amalek did. Uh, you go utterly destroy them, spare them not, kill every man, every woman, every child, kill every animal, kill, wipe them off the face of the earth. And the Bible said that Saul began to do that. But when he came to Agag, king of Amalek, uh, here's what Saul said. I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to take him alive. And the Bible said, I believe it's in verse number 8, or verse number 9 and 1, it said, and they spared Agag. What the Lord tell him, utterly destroy him. And spare them God. Yeah. Is that right? But Saul and the people spared Agag. What about that? And it said, Michelle, when, it, when, it, when all this was done, everybody else, all the people, the Bible said they utterly destroyed them with the edge of the sword, but they spared Agag. Well, that's not what the Lord said there. He said from the top to the bottom, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, you better utterly destroy them all. But the Bible said uh, that they spared Agag. Can I say this? Partial submission is complete rebellion. That's right. You know that? Partial, let me say it one more time. I don't know if y'all got that. Partial submission is complete rebellion. What I mean by that is this. If I told my boys, if I went home today, this happens quite frequently in my house. If I went home today and I said, I want this room, uh, we call it the big room when you first come in off the carport. And it's just a two-car garage. My grandma and grandpa closed in and made a big room. That's why we call it the big room. And I, I said, I want this big room picked up. I want everything uh, out of this floor by the time I get back to know whatever I'm going to do. Uh, and I come back and they've picked up everything but just a handful of toys. You know what they've done? They've not done what I said. Right. Is that right? There have been plenty of times I said, what did I say? 
Well, we picked this up and we picked that up and we did this and we did that. But partial submission uh, is complete rebellion. Isn't that right? I didn't say pick up most of it. I, I didn't say pick up this and this and this, but you can leave that. I said I want it all picked up. Isn't that right? Y'all look at me like I'm hardcore. I said, that's just true. Uh, I know we don't much like it, but you go to work tomorrow uh, and they tell you to be there at 8 o'clock uh, and you get there at 8 o'clock four days out of the week, but that last day you get there at about 12.30 and find out whether they like it or not. Right. Right? Look at them and say, but I've been here the last four days at 8 o'clock. It ain't going to matter. Partial submission uh, is complete rebellion. Isn't that right? Uh, and that's exactly what Saul and the people have done. Uh, and the Bible said they spared Agag uh, because he was the king. Uh, and the Bible said they spared Agag and the best of the sheep uh, and of the oxen and the fatlings and the lambs uh, and all that was good. Here's what they did. They killed all the people that spared Agag. They get to look around all this livestock that the Amalek's have got. And here's what they see. Look how good them sheep look. Look how good them oxen look. Look how good this livestock looks. Yeah, those over here is hobbling around sick and halt and maimed. That, we'll, we'll slay them. But look how good this looks. We, the Bible said they would not destroy. They made a decision in their heart and their mind, knowing exactly Saul, especially the Saul's God sent Samuel to tell Saul specifically to utterly destroy all that there was. Saul said, I agree with you. It looks too good to destroy. I, I promise you, it's not going to be a real shout message. And I thought to myself, and I thought, my soul, that's not how you and I live. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We're so guilty of looking around saying, well, I've done most of what God said. Yeah, well, I've done most of what I'm supposed to do. We're, we'll rationalize anything. In fact, the Bible said that they would not destroy the good. You know what I found, Pastor? I found that, uh, I'm not talking about just harping on somebody, but I found that, that, man, that they'll do certain things and those things you can preach and you can see them growing, but there's always a point. Sometimes they get back, sometimes they don't, but there comes a point where there's something that for them to really mature and really grow, they're going to have to give up something they really enjoy. You can watch that struggle in their life where they have to make the decision, am I going to completely sell out and give my life to the Lord? Or am I going to enjoy what looks good and feels good and I enjoy it? All right? Yeah. What happened here? The Bible said they made the decision. They curt not. They didn't want to. They would not is what the Bible said. Yeah. Right. No matter what the Lord said, they would not give up. They would not utterly destroy those sheep and oxen. They looked too good. There was too much that could be done. And they refused that. To destroy it. They made a conscious decision to rebel against God. Yeah, right. I may ask you this morning, there's times in every last one of our lives that we make a conscious decision to rebel against the commandments of God. Yeah. It's getting awful quiet. There's times we make a conscious decision to rebel against the commandment of God. Except Richard, what do you make? I was here for a second on the seven steps to give the man something. Exhorting one another so much more as you sit there approaching. 
We'll, we'll talk about how good the Lord's been. We'll talk about all this. But how many times, now I'm not talking about you're on your deathbed, you're sick. I understand that. I know things come up. I understand that. I'm not saying y'all are not going on vacation. I'll be honest with you. Here, here come about August. Uh, uh, Kendra asked me the other day, she said, how are we going to work vacation? What days are we going to go? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I told her, I said, you schedule it. Uh, and I said, if I can't be there Wednesday night, that'd be all right. Uh, I said, but I need to just get away for a few days and spend some time with family. I'm going to miss a week. Wednesday night here coming back all I'm not saying y'all not going to vacate. I'm not trying to be hard nosed this morning, but I'm telling you this these times you just make a conscious decision that there's something you'd rather be doing uh, than fulfilling the commandment of God. Whether you realize it or not, it didn't say come when you want to. It didn't say when you feel like it. It didn't say when everything's going good. It said forsaking not uh, the assembling of ourselves together. It didn't say study when you had time. Brother Kenny got off on that this morning. It didn't say study when you had time. It didn't say study when you had plenty of time. It didn't say study show thyself approved or work and God let not be ashamed. But everything's all right. It was a command of God. But how many times has every last one of us uh, have been guilty of making a conscious decision uh, to rebel against the commandment of God uh, because there was something we'd rather be doing? Yeah, right. I know it's going to go about like a lead balloon. I'll get to a little bit better stuff here in a minute. I'm telling you this morning, the Bible said, train up a child the way he should go. Heaven is old. He'll not depart from it. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. It didn't say, if you will. It said, train up a child. That's right. I guess I have to amen myself too. But listen, that's what the Bible said. That's a command from God. We're supposed to raise them up in the nurture and have them addition of the Lord. That's your responsibility as a parent. If you can't do that responsibility, you should have thought about that before you had them youngest. Amen, friend. Uh, and it's a command, but how many times have we made a conscious decision because there was something else uh, that was more pressing, something else that uh, was more vital in our lives? Uh, uh, God help us this morning. Uh, they made a conscious decision uh, uh, to go against the commandment of God. That's right. Brother Kenny said this morning, I know what he's saying, and I agree with him 150% when he said during Sunday school, uh, about when he was talking about that song he wrote, and talking about how that, uh, how that it went both ways as far as living a woman, I agree with that. But I tell you this, you know what the Bible said? Jesus said, if a man lives on a woman and lusteth in his heart, he's committed adultery with her. Already, right. right. You can point whatever you want to. Now let me say this. I don't. I'm trying to get into this. Let me just say this. If you're saved by the grace of God, you ought to cover yourself up. Yeah. Right. God help me. If you're saved by the grace of God, you ought to cover yourself up. You ought to live holy in everything you do. You ought to strive to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Isn't that right? right. But I say this, according to what Jesus said, it's not Pontiology. It's not what the Baptist Church said. It's not what the Southern Baptist Convention said. I didn't read it in a book somewhere. It's what the Lord Himself said. John, if you or I look on a woman and lust in our heart, we've already committed adultery, and that's not on her. That's on you and I. Right. That right? right? But how many times have you and I made a conscious decision? Go against rebellion against what God said. Boy, it's getting awful quiet. I tell you this, listen, 
Do you realize this morning, I was thinking about that, about that very thing that the choir was singing. That very thing. I say about, I was thinking about, that comes through my mind about looking at a woman. And you know what? I sat there next to several women up there, nothing. I was looking at them in lust. But I, I just, I just blessed across there. And, 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 and I don't remember who it was, maybe Leon, I don't know. Somebody, somebody painted their toenails. It just kind of stuck out across that horrible floor. You know what I did? When I glanced by the first time, I just noticed. But then, John, when I noticed it, I made a conscious decision to look at them in more detail. Yeah. <laughs> How many times, let's just be honest, man. How many times have you been at Walmart or church, wherever you want to talk about, seen a woman just glance by and seen her? But then you made a conscious decision to look back again. Oh, that all right? What's yeah. It's a dying living real, real quick, but that's all right. How can that's what Saul did? He had a direct, clear word from God, and he made a conscious decision to go against him. Yeah. Truth matter is, you and I do it every day. That's right. They're right. Yeah. They're right. We live in a generation with our answer to this problem we're dealing with this morning. Is let's just not preach on anything anymore. Fornication is still wrong. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah. Adultery is still wrong. It's still wrong to shack up somebody you're not married. Uh, Amen, friend. That relationship between a husband and wife is exactly that. It's reserved between a husband and a wife. Amen, friend. I, I feel something bogging down yeah. right there, too. That's exactly what it's reserved for. Amen. Uh, and I'm glad you still go to your wedding day. Uh, and ladies, you can still wear white uh, and be telling the truth when you do it. Uh, and you say, Preacher, how can I do that? And, uh, make a conscious decision uh, to obey the word of God. Amen. I, I told you, it's something teenagers get nervous when you preach like this. It's mom and daddy. But Sheldon, did I not preach to them just like I'm preaching to you right now? They didn't bog down on me. Uh, they wasn't one time they balked up. Uh, they wasn't one time they stuck their nose up in the air. Uh, but when you preach to mom and daddy, they just can't take it. They're right. Hit mine, friend. That's exactly right. Kenny, you said here too. Did I not? Did I not go in more detail with them teenagers this week than I just did right now? They never bat an eye. They never acted nervous. Uh, but they eat it up and listen to what the man of God said. Amen. I say this: sin still sin. And it's never right to do wrong. And it's never wrong to do right. Amen. Had Saul made a conscious decision to go against the word of God. I, I, I think it's Rihanna. I don't know. There's something, something she told me one day. She came out and she said, Preacher, I'm sorry. Somebody said something or I'd come across something preaching or something. And she said, uh, she said Preacher, I, I, I know what it was. I'll just tell it. If it won't embarrass her, I don't think it would. I said something one day. About, uh, about having food and drinks in the sanctuary. How it ought to be a holy place. You ought not be, you ought not be drinking and eating in the sanctuary. And she come out, she said, Preacher, I'm sorry. She said, I just didn't know that. I didn't know you wasn't supposed to eat and drink. I didn't know you wasn't supposed to do that. And she said, sometimes I bring water or something with me. And she said, I just didn't know you wasn't supposed to do that. And here's what I told her. Around my life, the truth, I said, the Bible said, Him don't do good, and doth it not to him, it is sin. And, right. and if you don't know what's wrong, uh, then you don't know nothing wrong with it. But what would have been different was if she'd have known that she ought not done that and just made a conscious decision she didn't give a rip and uh, hey, she's going to do it anyway, that's rebellion. Yeah. I ain't got no problem this morning. I, I, I mean, honestly, there's been people coming and say, Preacher, if you see what so-and-so had on, I don't give a rip what so-and-so's got on. Yeah. 
If I'd lost and they're out in the world, they don't know no better. And I sure to God ain't going to tell them to leave because they didn't know no better. Uh, let them get saved by the grace of God. I know how to take care of itself. But what I do have a problem with uh, is a mom and daddy that's saved on their way to glory and do know better than to go buy that field for their teenage daughter. Amen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. God help me. I ain't preached like this in a long time. I'm I, baby, y'all. I told you. Listen, I'm telling you, that bothers me. Somebody bought it for yeah, right? Yeah. Amen. God help me. Some of you moms and dads are going to buy your youngins a belt. Some of them boys. I, I don't want to see their underwear no more and I won't see that girls. I do have a problem when it's somebody saved by the grace of God that knows better and makes a conscious decision. I expect, John, I expect for a sinner to go out and drink a beer and go out and party. I expect them to shake up with a girlfriend because they haven't been for the grace of God. I'd have probably done the very same thing. But there is no excuse for a saved child of God to go out and social drink and flirt around with alcohol and drugs. There is no excuse to shake up and live with their boyfriend uh, and engage in, in that matter outside of the marriage bed. Uh, the Bible still says the marriage bed is undefiled. Hey, Amen, friend, that's right. Uh, you know what that means? Everything outside of marriage is wrong, wrong, wrong. Boy, y'all bogging down, ain't you? God hit me. Hit me. I do have a problem with that. Uh, oh, you're saved and you know better. I have a problem with making a conscious decision. Know what it is? It's for bad. Her preacher say this week, I remember it was, but her preacher say what the, the number one problem in our nation right now was laziness. And he made a point. I, I, I kind of see where he's going. But I'm going to tell you what the number one problem in our, in our nation is in the world. It's for bad. Yeah. Problems not the world. The world ain't changed what it used to be. Problems right here in the church. And I don't just mean at Blue Ridge. I'm talking about as the body of Christ. We got a bunch of Christians that's rebellious in their heart. Uh, they don't give a rip what God said or what God thinks. Uh, they're just going to do whatever they want to do. Uh, and God will just have to be happy with it. That's not how it works for them. God told Saul to utterly destroy him. Saul said he just wouldn't do that. He said, but he would not. Well, I, I really, I've preached to some people before, and I'm sitting their face. It don't matter whether you show them in the Bible or not. It don't matter whether they know what's wrong. They've done purpose in their heart, Earl. They're not going to change. They will not. They've done rebelled. They've done make their heart hard, their neck stiff, and they're not going to give. They're not going to bend. They're not going to do anything. And it's a dangerous thing to hold rebellion in your heart. Yeah. Right, we're going to find out right here in just a minute what the consequences were for Saul. We see the directive, what God told him. We see the decision to repair. Then I want you to show me the discernment. Watch verse 10. Bible says, verse number 10. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, Now here's what the Lord tells the man of God. I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but I just want you to read this with me. I, I thought to myself, it's amazing this week. I've read this numerous times, but I thought it's amazing how God will come by every once in a while and let the man of God have just a little bit of discernment and a little bit of insight. I want you to notice what the Bible said. Here's what the Lord said to Samuel. Verse 10, verse 11. It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. Now that's what the Lord said to Samuel. So what God said to the man of God, he said, it repenteth me that I've made Saul king. Lord, he said, I wish I just never even made him king. After everything I've done for him, 
This is how he treats me. Bible said it repents me. That he's chose to walk away from me. Alright? Watch what the Bible said Samuel did. So God's not pleased with it in verse 11. Then the Bible said, and it grieved Samuel. And he cried to the Lord all night. Saul made one decision. Bible said it repented God. He made him kill And the man of God stayed up all night crying before the Lord because of what Saul had done. Now, I, I don't want that. I'm not trying to say you want to live your life for me. I'll be honest. It's hard sometimes. You ask my wife. We were talking about something the other day. So a situation happened. And, and she told me, she said, she said, I just don't understand why this bothers you. She said, she said they're old enough to make her own decision. That's what they've chosen to do. Why does that bother you so bad? And I said, Kim, it breaks my heart. I poured my heart into them. I mean, I preached to them and loved them. And I, I, I've tried to help them and tried to give them the word of God. I said, it breaks my heart to see them just decide. They're just going to walk away from it all. That breaks my heart, Michelle. How to love somebody that much uh, and see them mess their life up. Uh, that breaks it breaks my heart this morning. Yeah. So then also, this is the heart of God. God himself said, that's how I made him king. That's how I did all that that I did for him. That's how he repays me, is to openly rebel and decide he's just not going to listen to God. Help, it broke the heart of God, and it broke the heart of the man of God. While Saul laid his head down on his pillow at night, didn't think nothing about it. The heart of God was broken. The man of God's heart was broken. And even when Saul didn't know anything was wrong, the man of God's heart was crying and weeping. I was thinking about that this week. I'm talking to me. I told you we've all had times in our life we openly rebelled. I have. And I thought, I wonder how much it broke the heart of God when I was living the way I was some of those times. Or how it broke the heart of the man of God. They saw me tearing my life apart. There, huh? yeah. We see the we see the, the directives, we see the decisions. That was no concern. Saul thought he'd get you'll find a minute Saul thought he'd get by with it, nobody'd ever know. But in the way hours of the morning, about to the word of the Lord came to Samuel and said. Can I say this? Two things you find here. Last week we looked at David and Nathan. You can't hide it from the Lord this morning. They some of you right now, I'm gonna be real honest, they some of you right now, and I can see it on your face, you're troubled. I don't know if I hit something that broke the nerve in you, I don't know. I really don't honest to God, Lydia. I'll tell you the truth, I know some won't believe me, but honest to goodness, I didn't come in here this morning with anybody in mind. I just come on do my best just mind the Lord. If I've struck a nerve, it wasn't me, it's the Lord, because I hadn't thought about a soul. I've been honest. Hey, some of us want to look openly troubled, but I'll tell you something. If it's got to you this morning, it's not because I found out about it. It's because the Lord knows. You might have it hid from everybody else. You might think you got it all covered. David did with Bathsheba. But guess what? Here come God sent Nathan. Nathan stuck his finger in his face and said, Thou heart the man. Isn't that right? Here in this minute, God's going to send Samuel. Samuel's going to tell you exactly. Samuel wasn't there when all this took place. But you're going to find out he did exactly what he did. Isn't that right? Oh, it's in the sermon. The Lord knows. I gotta hurry. I'm getting to the good part. I promise. Notice the deception, verse 13. Here's what amazes me. Samuel, the Bible said, verse number 12, and when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, I took that steps, them steps a few times. Wake up and come time, have to deal with something. 
Boy, some dreaded day to have to get up and go meet somebody knowing you've got a word from God. They're not going to lie. All right? Now, they rose up early to go meet Saul. Watch this. In the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place and was gone about, passed on and gone down to Gilgal. Verse 13, and Samuel came to Saul. Here comes the man of God. He's done heard from God. God's done told him what happened. Bible said that Samuel wept before the Lord all night long. Here comes God. He walks up to Saul, heart burdened, heart broken, knowing that Saul's rebelled and been disobedient to the word of the Lord. Watch what the Bible said in verse 13, Saul said. Bible said, watch this, Saul said, said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Well, that seems strange, doesn't it? Everything we read. You know when, he, when, when Saul when Saul seen the man of God, what he said? Blessed be thou the Lord. What he said? Glad it could be saved. Good to see you, preacher. I'm glad you're here. Blessed be thou the Lord. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Said, ain't nothing wrong. Watch what he said. Act like he's thrilled to death to see. In fact, he would only say, I perform the commandment of the Lord. Lord, he said, good to see you, preacher. Glad you come by. Hope the Lord's blessed you. Boy, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I perform the commandment of the Lord. I want to know some deception. Saul not only deceived. Now, listen to me. Listen to me well. Saul not only tried to deceive Samuel, but I with all my heart, Saul already deceived himself. I really think that for however it happened, same way it does you and I, I reckon Michelle, Saul had already convinced himself everything's all right in his life. Somehow or another, sometime through the night, while Samuel was up weeping over him, Saul done decided everything's all right. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And when Samuel walked up, Saul said, Blessed be thou the Lord. I perform the commandment of the Lord. Preacher, it ain't me. So must be somebody else because everything's all right in my life. I've done exactly what God told me to do. You know what he said? Y'all looking at me like, I promise you, I'm getting to the good stuff here in a minute. I know it ain't a shouting message, but every once in a while you got to get your hide ripped. Every once in a while you got to have that file of ground tore up. Isn't that right? Saul said, it must be somebody else because I've done exactly what I'm supposed to do. And preacher, I'm just glad to see you. Boy, I pastored something like that. I mean, everybody in the country can see their life falling apart. Everybody knows what's going on. Boy, when they see you, preacher, it's good to see you. Glad you could be here. Looking forward to what you got in store for us this morning. Everything's all right in my life. Don't look at me like that. You've seen some of them too. All right? Whole life falling apart. They're openly sinning against the Lord and the Word of God. But if you see them, everything's all right. Everybody else has got the problem. Boy, it's dying. I know y'all like this, don't you? Watch this. We see the deception. Then I want you to know swimming the declaration, verse 14. Man of God looks at him. Saul says, Blessed be thou, Lord. I perform the commandment of the Lord. I'd see the man of God broken hearted look at him and say, What meaneth it? The bleeding of the sheep in mine ear. What he's saying, Saul, if you can perform the commandment of the Lord, if you've done exactly what you're supposed to do, why is it I hear sheep bleeding? Why is it I hear the oxen, Lord? 
If you're utterly destroyed them like the Lord told you to. See, the thing about it was, Samuel was the same man that God told him the distinctive of the Lord because he was the one that told him the disappointment of the Lord. Okay, right? yeah. Same one told him what God expected. The same one had to come say, you can do that. Saul said, everything's all right. And Samuel said, what meaneth then the bleeding of the sheep in my ear? He said, Saul, if you've done what you're supposed to do, I wouldn't be hearing these sheep bleeding. If you've done what you're supposed to do, I wouldn't hear them oxen low. Yeah. But I don't get off quiet. I spent all week. I told you a minute ago, I'm thankful for some men. I remember one time, I was a young preacher, before everyone took the first church, it just seemed like things was drying up. I was preaching some at Wacky View, but I wasn't really going anywhere. And I remember one day, I went, I told Tommy, I said, I don't know what's happened. And I said, but I, I just ain't getting no open door. I said, I just ain't going nothing. I'm about to go crazy. And I'll never forget what he said. He didn't look at me and say, oh, we'll have to pray about it. Lydia, I'll never forget. He looked at me and he said, how do you study? I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, are you studying like you want to go preach somewhere? Or are you just waiting on somebody to come? What he's saying, what meaneth the bleeding of the sheep? Yeah. Never knew what I wanted to hear. I want somebody patting on my back and I don't know what I'm doing. They, they must be crazy not to call you. But nobody told me what I need to hear. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Not to be honest I'm not trying. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I love every last one of you. I promise you, I don't have. I, I, I'm not coming with an agenda. I'm just trying to give you what the Lord put on my heart. But I live all my heart. That's what God's just saying right now. I think there's some of you right now thinking, "I've done enough. I'm, I'm good enough. I've kept enough of the commandment of the Lord. I'm doing enough right now." And I believe God just come by and said, "What made the the bleeding of the sheep in my ears?" Can I say this? Rebellion always, always shows. The Bible said, be sure your sin will find you out. Yeah. All right? Eventually, no matter how, how good you got hit, I don't know where them sheep was, but I imagine John, Saul done thought about it, he probably put them things back behind a tent somewhere where Samuel wouldn't see them. He showed up. Hey, everything that he, he Samuel walked up, he said, Blessed be thou the Lord. I performed the commandment of the Lord. And I'm just here when the most sheep go, Bah. Yeah. 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 The Lord already knows. And I'm just been honest. I'm just trying to help us this morning. Every once in a while, they some of you come out. And I, I don't mean any great sin. I don't mean that at all. I'm not trying to say you're out doing awful, awful things. But every once in a while, uh, John, every once in a while you come out and I say, John, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm excited about the Bible coming up. You know, and you said everything right. Because every once in a while the Lord just lets you hear a bang. All right? Just let you know something just ain't quite right. Yeah. Uh, looks like y'all getting a little nervous about that, but I'm just being honest. The Bible refers to the man of God as the under shepherd, isn't that yeah. right? Every once in a while, the great shepherd let the other shepherd in just a little bit about what's going on. Every once in a while, no matter what kind of facade you're putting on, you just hear a little bang, bang. That's what Samuel said. He said, if you've done everything you're supposed to do, why am I here sheep? There weren't no sheep here the other day when I come told you what the Lord, what the Lord told you to do. Now the sheep. I'm not too smart. Sam, that's what he's saying. Kirk, he said, I'm not too smart, but if they weren't sheep here the other day, you went and destroyed Amalek, and now they're sheep. You must have got them sheep from Amalek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. 
honesty and example. This isn't anybody in the church, I promise you. I hate preaching like this because you'll leave and search Facebook all day. So this happened years ago. This one not even here to church. But I'll put it to you like this. I'll give you a prime example. I'm not real smart, John. And I promise you, I've got far too much to do than search Facebook all week long trying to find something on every one of you. But I do have Facebook. Some of you thinking right now, well, I got on Facebook, ain't you? Listen, I do have Facebook. Years ago, there's a woman, man, Kimber knew it. There's a woman, man, she's faithful church, and her family's in there all the time. And just all of a sudden, they got to miss on Wednesday nights. Fast forward a little bit, got to miss on Sunday nights. Fast forward a little bit, got to miss on Sunday mornings. Fast forward a little bit, got to see months. Fast forward just a little bit more. Got to be every Friday and Saturday night. She's on Facebook with a glass of wine. All her friends are there drinking. Better, huh? Now, I'm not real smart. I'm not. And I wasn't trying to find nothing. But when she, next time I see her and I asked her how things are going, oh, preacher, I, it's great. I ain't never been close to the Lord than I am right now. Man, 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 man. Am I right? You can't get out of church and be closer than you've ever been out. You can't start missing and be closer than you've ever been. You can't sit around rebelling against God and be closer than you've ever been. I don't give a rip what you say. Sometimes uh, your sin will show out whether you mean for it to or not. You may think you've got it all covered up, but for now, I'm as God in heaven knows, uh, and it might not be the rest of us as surprised as you think we would be because we've been hearing the sheep man for a long time. Yeah. Just get quiet. I'm just being honest. I feel sorry for my Old Testament prophets. Last week I had to walk in Nathan's shoes and come and say, Thou art the man, y'all ain't think that too good. How come you tell you what man's the bleeding of the sheep? Y'all ain't thinking that good at all. I mean, I feel sorry for Samuel and Nathan. God help. But listen to me. The Bible said that Samuel said, What meaneth then the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen? We see tonight, we see the declaration. Then I want you to go to verse 15. Notice the discrediting. Watch what Saul said. Now you'd think, I, I ought not be surprised because I'm going to wrote this message out. You'd think it'd be so, I'm right now, but he said, oh, well, he's right. My sin's done told on me. I, it's done pound me out there. Uh, God knows. And how are just make things right right now? You'd think that's what Saul did, but watch what he said in verse 15. I mean, here he is, the man of God sitting there saying, Saul, if you did everything you're supposed to do, why do I hear them sheep bleeding? You'd think that'd be enough for him to say, you're right, Saint Daniel, you're what I'm supposed to do. It's what Nathan did. Nathan came to David, said, thou art a man. Immediately, David said, you're right. I've sinned. I've sinned. Repent. That's the difference between David and Saul. David sinned just what Saul did. Saul lost his kingship. David just had paid, had paid price of sin, but he remained king. You know why? He had a repentant heart. Right? When, when God called him out on his sin, immediately he was willing to repent. Watch what Saul does. Bible said verse 15. We'll read several verses right here if I want to see it. Verse 15, Bible said, and Saul said, what's this next word? That have brought them from the Amalekites. You know what Saul said? Oh no. No, Sam, you don't understand. I've done exactly what I'm supposed to do. If there's any sheep in this camp, it wasn't me that brought them. It was them. Well, I passed a bunch of them. <laughs> right? Always somebody else's fault. Bogging down, but it's just true. Always somebody else's. 
Saul said, oh no, I did exactly, I performed the command of the Lord. They decided to bring the sheep. Well, can I tell you something? Saul was their king. Right? It ultimately rose and fell on Saul. You go back to the previous part of the chapter where the Bible says Saul and the people. All right? Saul was just giving us anybody else. But we see, we see here, verse 15, he said, they chose. We see the we see the discrediting. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen and sacrificed unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. What Saul said. He said, Samuel, I didn't do it. They did it. And the reason they did it, they thought it would be a good idea to sacrifice them to the Lord. We can use them to sacrifice. And he said, but the rest, we destroyed. See what he's doing? That's amazing to me. I mean, I've heard this conversation. Just take out sheep and add something else. I didn't do it. They did it. But we did the good part, but they did the bad part. They're right. I did everything I was supposed to do. They did the bad, but we did the good. Does that make any sense at all? No, it doesn't make any sense. Don't make no more sense when you and I say it. It doesn't solve it. That's what he tried to do. He's always trying to blame somebody else. And here's what the Bible said. Watch what, you, what notice the Bible. Here's what, here's what the Bible said. Verse number uh, 16. Then said Samuel, and Saul stay. And I tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said to him, say on. Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. So now he's taking him on a journey. He said, when you, when you was little in your sight, when you was a nothing or nobody, God made somebody out of you, made you king over all of Israel. And then he said in verse number 18, the Lord sent thee on a journey, has said, go and early destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, this Eve on the side of the Lord. Samuel said, here's what the Lord said. He said, when you were nothing, he made you somebody. Made you king over Israel. All he told you to do is go early to destroy the Amalekites. And instead of doing that, you utterly, you flew upon the spoil. You couldn't wait to go indulge yourself. You couldn't wait to rebel. All you was looking for is a reason and an opportunity. Had it been to go against the Lord. And watch what he said in verse 19. Wherefore then did not obey the voice of the Lord, but this fly upon the spoil, this Eve on the side of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. After everything, I mean, Samuel just told him everything happened. Saul said, That's not what happened. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. See what rebellion does? It gives you a hard head and a stiff neck. Yeah. Is that right? Gives you a hard head and a stiff neck. Saul said, That's not what happened. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Watch what he said. Verse 19. Verse 20, Saul said, Samuel, yeah, I pray the voice of the Lord. And it had gone the way which the Lord sent me. And it brought, he gave the king of Amalek. And it utterly destroyed the Amalekite. Can I show you something real quick? Some of you are listening to me right here. Mamas, daddies, grandmas, grandpas, teachers, whatever you do for an occupation. Some of, some of you young men might be pastors one day. Some of you young ladies might be pastors wives one day. I'm going to teach you something that took me a long time to learn. If you'll just keep your mouth shut long enough, they'll end up hanging yourselves. Yeah. Right. Saul said, I've done exactly what I was supposed to do. I, the only time he said anything bad, said I, he said, I spared Agag. God didn't tell us to spare Agag. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But that must have been Saul's idea. That must have been what really got him. And he said, I spared Agag and utterly destroyed the rest. He hung himself. Then all the time you say, you give somebody enough rope, they'll hang themselves. Right? Yeah, right. That's what happened to Saul. 
Samuel just kept on to it, and finally he hung himself. I don't know how many times in my life I've had people come up to me and say, Preacher, how did you know? How did you know this happened? How did you know that happened? Well, I wasn't really preaching to them, but they spent times I went to somebody and said, you, you know you ought not be doing this. I think one lady right now when I was at Liberty, I went to her and I called her name and I said, you know what you're doing is wrong. And all you're doing is turning up problems in church. Why don't you just quit that mess? He shook up and said, how did you know I was doing it? I said, you told me. You look at me. You told She told me. What somebody else? She told me. That's what happened. Samuel, he, that's what happened to Saul. He just kept talking eventually. He told Samuel that he rebelled against God. He said, I spared that guy. We'll see the, we'll see the deception. Watch this. I'm moving on. Y'all got to bog down on me. I didn't hurt your feelings already. Watch this. Verse number 21. Bible said, but the people took the spoil of sheep and oxen and the chief of things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice from the Lord thy God to give them. Saul said, I've done what I was supposed to do. He did admit spared Agag, but he said, but the people, they spared what should have been destroyed because they want to sacrifice it in Gilgal. What he's saying was, seemingly they had good intentions, but they're the ones that messed up. So we see this morning, we see the discredit, and he always had to have somebody else to blame. Even after all that Samuel had presented Saul, he still declares that he's obeyed the voice of the Lord. Place the blame on people. Seems that many today in the world as well as the church always have to have someone else to blame. Always got to be somebody else's fault. Isn't that right? Then I want you to notice with me last, and I'm done. The distinctives. I said all that in verse 22. The Bible said, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And the hearken than the fat of rams. What about that? Samuel said, Saul said, Samuel, don't be too mad at them. They had good intentions. They was going to make sacrifice to the Lord. Here's what Samuel said. He said, Saul, I'm going to ask you a question. You reckon God would have rather you have them animals that you gained in rebellion to his word to sacrifice? Or you reckon he'd been happy if you just obeyed him and started there? See, that's what sacrifice was for, to be the remission of sins. All right? Hey, what he was asking was this. He said, do you think, now here's where we're going to get nitty-gritty. We're going to get back to eternal security in just a minute. Everybody talks about when you sin, uh, that's a big debate. We've talked about it for months now. But they can't understand why you can still be saved. But uh, I, I talked to a young man not too long ago that believes you can lose your salvation. And here's what he told me. He said, he told me, he said, if to not believe, you can lose your salvation. He said, that gives you a free license to sin because there's no consequences. That's just not true. That's just not true. In fact, Paul dealt with that in the, in the, in the epistles. He talked about turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. What that means is this, taking the grace and mercy of God and saying, I have a free license to do whatever I want to because God is gracious and God is merciful and God will forgive me. That's what Samuel, that's what Saul was doing here in the text. He said, I'm going to disobey the voice of God because I know I can take these very sheep and these very oxen and present them to the Lord as a sacrifice and God will forgive me for my transgressions. 
And there's some of us here this morning that's been real guilty of saying, I'm going to do whatever I want to because God is gracious and God is merciful and he'll forgive me. And here's what Samuel said to Saul. Do you think God, while he will forgive you, do you think he's more pleased than you asking forgiveness or living holy to start with? Yeah. What he said. In fact, he said to obey is better than sacrifice. Yeah. I love it, Jerry, when my youngins come to me and hug my neck. Andrew, the other day I had to whoop him. I mean, I had to whoop him pretty good. He'd, he'd done something. He'd done something. He was dang. I mean, he, he didn't even do it at all. I'd whooped him. He go up to me later. He put his arm around me. He said, "Daddy, I'm sorry." And he said, "I learned my lesson. It won't happen again." And I, I believe. I mean, I really believe he got it. He learned his lesson. And that 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 I was happy that he hadn't learned his lesson. You know what would have made me happier if he just learned it without having to go through all that? Yeah. Would have made me happier if when I told him don't do that, he just hadn't done start with. To obey is better than sacrifice. Yeah. What Samuel's telling Saul, it'd have been better if you just obeyed the commandments of God than it would have been for you to just keep making the grace of God lasciviousness, sinning in hopes that God forgive you. While he is faithful and just forgive us, to obey is better than sacrifice. You really, it grieves the heart of God. I hope you get a hold of this. Every last one, I'm not just talking about gross sin. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, in, we all are sinners. I mean, we all are sinners by nature. I want, I, and I know we'll never be perfect. I'm not asking this to be. I know I can't be perfect. I'm not expecting anybody to be perfect. But I'll tell you this, I should be holy for I am holy. Isn't that right? To obey is better than sacrifice. It grieves the heart of God when you and I sing it. How much more should we strive to get in his word? Let it affect our lives. Let it change our lives. And to obey the word of God so that God can be to obey is better than sacrifice. Watch this. I've heard it. I'm done. Samuel tells him to obey is better than sacrifice. Watch verse 23. Watch this. The Bible said, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because as rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. What a sad, sad statement. You say, Preacher, I'm not that bad. All I'm doing. It's just not listen to everything that God says. Tell you what Samuel said. It's in your Bible. Not my opinion. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. What the Bible said. Now let me ask you this. So preacher, why did it work like that? Well, I'll tell you why. As simple as I can, because I gotta hurry. Y'all look at me like I bored you to death. I'm trying to hurry. If I was coming here and tell any of you. Tell me what you do. Go start dressing like a witch. You start in witchcraft in your Bible. One common occurrence we think of, we think of people that raise spirits from the dead. I mean, it, witchcraft associated with demonology and devil worshiping in your Bible. In fact, it's interesting. I'll say this. 
in the New Testament, one of the Greek words for witchcraft it is, uh, uh, well, it starts with farmer, but I can't remember what the end of it is in the Greek. But it's the same Greek word, John, we get our, we get our uh, word pharmacist or pharmacy from. It was dealing with, dealing with medicine, dealing with herbs and things that were used to alter the mind. That's interesting. That's, that's witchcraft in your Bible. Now, but anyway, I said, I can get off on that. But here's what he said. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. If I come in and told you, tell you what, let's do it. Let, I put it on Lydia Earl. They sit back here looking awful sweet and they smile every time. I'm so I'll just go ahead and confront their problem too. Uh, let me say this. If, if I come in and I said, Lydia, tell me what you're doing. I want you to go dress up like a witch. You start worshiping the dead. We're asking him for power. We're asking him to do all this stuff. You cook up cauldrons and stuff. And, uh, what we think about, you'd laugh me out of here because I ain't messing with that junk. I ain't, I ain't got no business messing with that. But the Bible said, why would somebody sit on us? In everything. Boy, talking there. You know what the Bible said? Rebellion that sin of witchcraft. So if there's a time that Lydia rebels in her heart against Earl, knowing she's supposed to submit to her own husband in everything, you realize the eyes of God is just like you're being so practicing witchcraft. What the Bible said. Well, it's getting awful quiet right there. Let me put it to you like this. Let me just point the verse to all of our Bibles. When they something in that Bible, the Word of God, that God commands us to do or not to do, and we choose knowing that it's wrong to do it anyway, in the eyes of God, it's the same as the sin of witchcraft. No wonder it grieves God. No wonder it repents God. Yeah. No wonder God said it repents me that I made him king of Israel. After I've been this good to him, and then him treat me like this. And the Bible said he told Samuel, it repenteth me that I've made him king. Yeah. wonder how many times you and I, in the eyes of God, have been guilty of sin like in the witchcraft. Because we just chose to rebel. Get quiet. That may not be a bad thing right there. But the, I, I, I also had to sink in with me a little bit this, this week. The Bible said that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now watch this. You thought that's bad. Watch this. And stubbornness, mm, I might as well just quit, is as the iniquity, is as iniquity and idolatry. I pick on Jessica on this one. I told her several weeks ago, I was speaking on her, and I told her, I said, uh, you don't need to use that book. Your old class in vacation Bible school. I said, you don't need that book. Just get, get that book out of your mind. Just study. Let the Lord see what else to teach. Go teach. She said, I'm using the book. And I said, no, you don't need the book. And she said, I'm using the book. Well, we went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, I said, I said something. She said, I don't even use the book. You just find somebody else to do it. And uh, so every time I'd say, I'd get on about that book. Well, she come to me the other day talking about a little girl in her class going in the Bible school. She said, she asked me for that teaching. She said, I'm not a sinner. And she said, so I had to explain to her how she was a sinner. And I said, did you find all that in that book? She said, no, that wasn't in the book. And I said, go ahead and tell me I was right. <laughs> and we sat down there for a long kid. He finally looked at me and he said, Walter, I've been married to her for however many years. He said, you're not going to get her to say she's right. And I said, she'll say she's right and I'll stay here all night. And she said, well, I can stay here all night with you. I said, that's fine. You tell me I'm right. 
And we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And finally, before she left, thank God, she looked at him and said, You're right. I knew she would have been. If you hung in there, that's what's wrong with man. You say, Him pet you won't stay the coach. Isn't that right? That's to me. Oh. But she said, She finally told me, She said, You're right. And I said, Yes, I don't care if you use the book. I don't care if you use that book or not. I said, I just want you to see that you've got to rely on the Lord. Every answer's not in that book. Uh, you ought to have your better rely on the Lord and don't get too don't get too entangled uh, uh, with the works of man when you're handling the word of God. In there, and, and, and we talked about it. We, we weren't upset. We we enjoyed well, Bells, we, I enjoyed it, she enjoyed it too. And we could have let all that in weeks ago, but we just enjoyed bickering back and forth. Bell, we, we got in the car, here's what Kendra told me. And I have a clue what I was going to preach this morning. I didn't either at that time. We got in the car that night. Kendra looked at me. She said, the two of you, one of you is about as stubborn as the <laughs> Would you know what God had me preach this morning? The Bible said stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. You harden your heart, stiff in your neck. And what Samuel said is in the eyes of God, it's the same thing as sin and idolatry. Now, the one of us this morning, if I come in and say, hey, what let's do, let's get us a little statue, and that's going to be our God, and we're going to worship it. We're not, there wouldn't be a one of us to do that. But when you put stubbornness in your heart, you're stubborn against the things of God, the eyes of God, it's the same as idolatry. Yep. I know we don't like it. I don't like it either. I told you, go, I like this quit the Lord won't hit That's what the Bible said. Rebellion as a sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. What about that? Notice what the Bible said. After everything that was done, Saul still would not repent. And the Bible said, in the part of verse 21, or verse number, what verse am I on anyway? That part of verse number, uh, verse number 24, or verse 23, the Bible said, that because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, in the typology, that doesn't mean he lost his salvation. Because everybody wasn't king. Alright? He was still as much of a Jew as anybody else was. But the Bible said God rejected him from being king. God rejected him from that place he exalted him. Now listen to me, listen to me well. I'm glad God's merciful. I'm not going to lie to you this morning. God's merciful and he's gracious. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you're saved by the grace of God. Lord help me right there. But the Bible said he rejected him from being king. You know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of the blessings and prosperity of God. God said, as good as I've been to you, I've made you king over all of Israel. If you're going to treat me like that, I'll reject those blessings. That's why you can't help. You get sin and want somebody to live in sin. That's why you just can't help but see their life begin to crumble. I know it's getting old. I don't know why it's bothering them so bad. Now, you, if you just bear with me, I'm about done. You cannot help to see their life begin to come. Because if they're going to reject the word of God and the will of God, God's going to start pulling back his hand and blessing. Is that right? Their life begins to come. There is a penalty for the bad. Stay with me right there. There is a penalty. There's a price to be paid. I've had mamas and daddies, and I'm done right here. I promise. Fellas, come on. Get a song of